We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much. I'm so honored you're hanging out with us for a while today on Empower Radio. You know, in a high-tech world where anxiety and ambition are the norm, it can be hard to slow down, connect with our soul, and relax into a place of peace. I know for me, one of the ways I downshift, realign, and nurture myself is through creativity. In fact, I often say creativity is my lifeline to the creator. Sometimes I paint or draw or sew or I'll make jewelry or I spend time in my garden. There are many opportunities and countless activities that can support all of us in finding inner fulfillment and a sacred reprieve from a high-paced, stressful, and often overwhelming world. Today I'm talking to an authority on creativity, Reverend Maggie Oman Shannon. She wrote an amazing, powerful, and comprehensive guide to creativity called Crafting Calm. Projects and Practices for Creativity and Contemplation. Maggie has also authored five other books, including Prayers for Healing, The Way We Pray, A String in a Prayer, One God Shared Hope, and Prayers for Hope and Comfort. In addition to all of her books, Maggie's writing has appeared in publications such as BeliefNet.com, The Huffington Post, The Miami Herald, Spirituality and Health Magazine, and more. Maggie is a former editor of three national magazines, including the Saturday Evening Post, and she has served as the director of marketing for the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Reverend Maggie is a graduate of Smith College, holds an MA degree in cultural and spirituality from Holy Names University, and has completed the three-year training program of the Spiritual Directors Institute at Mercy Center in Burlingame, California. She is an interfaith minister, a unity minister, a certified life coach, a workshop facilitator, a retreat facilitator, and the current spiritual director of Unity Spiritual Center of San Francisco. Maggie Oman Shannon, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tammy. Absolutely. I just found out Crafting Calm was named one of the 50 best spiritual books of 2013 by Spirituality and Practice. How cool is that? I was really excited about that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is such a good book, I have to say, because I am a creative sort myself. Going through this, it's like it blew my mind wide open about different things we can do to uh, just take care of our hearts, our souls, and our connection to the divine through creativity. So just kudos to you for this. Thank you. Well, it's a subject that's very near and dear to my heart, and uh, my deepest hope is that people, you know, spirituality and creativity are such loaded words in our society, and it's really my hope that I can unpack, you know, unpack some of the baggage that are around both of those words and really encourage people to know themselves as being inherently creative and intrinsically spiritual. Um, And uh, it was really a a joy to put together the book to give people ideas for how to see themselves that way. Yes, and I think you're right. It really can be uh, an an overwhelming topic, both creativity and spirituality, and one that we can find intimidating. Mm -hmm. So how did it come about that this became an interest of yours, crafting as a spiritual practice? 
You know, I, I write about it a little bit in the introduction about this gift that I was given when I was seeing my spiritual director, and I was telling her about something, and she said to me, you seem to have a real gift for creating spiritual practices out of ordinary materials. And it was like a light went on. You know, it was one of those eureka, aha moments where I thought, you know, I've always done that, but I just kind of assumed everybody did. And so it was one of those um, real gifts that when somebody reflects something back to you that you sort of take for granted, um, you, you start to look at your life through a new lens. So that was my moment where I thought, you know, I always have done that. It's just something I kind of naturally do. And because it's been so powerful and meaningful to me, I love to encourage people to, you know, find their own ways of, you know, communing with the divine, communing with the God of their understanding through creative practices. Mm, I love that. So would you say, Maggie, that crafting as a spiritual practice can be done by everyone? I absolutely would say that. And, um, you know, I always do want to give a slight caveat that sometimes crafting is just crafting. I mean, it, it, crafting is not always a spiritual practice, but if you approach it uh, with the intention of wanting to explore something deeper or, you know, be, you know, dwell in the holy, then it becomes a spiritual practice. So the, the key word with all of this is intention, that yes. you know, if we bring the intention to that, absolutely it is, and everybody can experience it as that. I, I love that, and I absolutely agree. It really is the intention that we have while doing anything that can make it sacred. So, Maggie, what would you like to say to people who might be listening going, yeah, but you know what, this show isn't for me. I'm not creative. What, what would you like to say to them? Uh, well, thank you for starting your show with that question <laughs> because it's such a great question and it's the one that I always, you know, hope is going to be included because uh, what I, you know, more than anything want to convey is that, Yes, you know, yes, you are. If you're listening and you think that you're not, please keep listening because you absolutely are creative. We all are. It's our birthright. It's something that, you know, we're, we're born with. And if you don't feel you're creative, it's just that you haven't found the right medium yet. So what I'd like to encourage people to do if they haven't been around art materials or craft materials for a long time you know, is start with something that is just fun and playful. Even if it's just, you know, a kid's set of finger paints, you know, just play, just allow yourself to kind of play and notice the joy and the, and the happiness that can come from, from just being with color. Uh, and in the case of finger paints, with texture, which can feel really good on your hands. And then if you're looking for a particular craft or direction, you know, to go in, I always advise people to think about how they best learn. You know, it's been noted that people learn either primarily through um, seeing, you know, through vision, through hearing, uh, or through doing something, you know, with their hands, a kinesthetic knowledge. And so pick a craft that might, you know, be a, 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 an arena that would serve you in one of those three areas. So, for instance, 
I'm highly visual. That's how I learn is if I can see something. So I would pick something that um, maybe has to do with with color, with uh, making prayer beads or making collages or something. You know, somebody who is more auditory uh, might want to do something that involves sound. So it might be making a tabletop fountain or working with uh, a flute, you know, a, a clay flute or something like that. And the same with your hands. Clay then would be a wonderful one to work with or, um, you know, knitting, anything that would involve your, you know, your your hands. So there really is something for everybody. And it's just a matter of exploring until you find it. And also to realize that Nobody is good at every craft. I mean, maybe Martha Stewart, I don't know, but maybe she's got a lot of minions behind the scenes doing those things for her. Uh, But pretty much all of us are good at something and not good at something. And and just give yourself permission to to know that too, that you're not going to pick up every craft and, and be fabulous at it because, you know, for most people, it just doesn't work that way. And that's that's fine. And that's part of the discovery. You know, you can learn as much by finding out what you're not good at as what you are good at. And you bring up such a great point because something I've found involved with creativity, what what comes up a lot for people is they start beating themselves up. I've done this myself, you know, judging what we're creating and then judging ourselves. It can be a, it can be a painful process, but if we can lighten up and say, you know what, maybe this isn't my thing, or, you know, I'm just having an off day, or maybe I'm supposed to be learning. If you could just lighten up with the process and have fun with it. You brought up another great point. Um, Start with something that doesn't overwhelm you. Put your toe in the water before you jump in the deep end, and I think that makes it a lot more um, gentle and fun. It's so true. It really is true. And I tell the story in the book about knitting, about how I had read about people who had a prayer shawl ministry and they would knit beautiful prayer shawls. And I love that idea so much. I wanted to learn how to knit. And I, you know, can't knit to save my life. I mean, I just tried. I took a knitting class. I went out and bought books that, you know, I usually don't buy out of a out of principle, but I went out and bought knitting for dummies and you know and I still couldn't do it so it was you know it was one of those things where I just thought okay well maybe there are other ways to make prayer shawls that don't have to involve uh, you know knitting and purling or whatever the term is and in fact I did find that there are other ways you can you can make prayer shawls and I've got a recipe for for one in the book so that's something else I think for listeners to know is that in the book, you can go as deep as you want, and you also can uh, kind of work around uh, some of the instructions. In other words, it's not a highly detailed how-to book because I didn't want that to be the focus because we do get so hung up on technique and am I doing this right or am I doing it well? And so there are suggestions for how you can you know, kind of eliminate some of the steps, but still have the experience of the practice. And, you know, a quick example of that is I talk about making a blessing basket. Now, if you're a, a basket maker, you know, great, then you can make your own basket. But if you're not, then just go to a craft store, buy a basket and paint it or, you know, attach charms or feathers, whatever you want. Uh, so, 
as I said, that's just a quick example to let people know that they're you can still do the practice and not have to have the you know the the skill the artistry uh, to take it deeper unless you want to. Yeah, that makes it um, much more accessible. And I like that you called it a recipe. I think that's fun. And you do have a lot of recipes. You know, uh, it's it's I, I, you have things in here I'd never consider, like anointing oils and bath salts and meditation fountains and collages and spiritual toolbox and talking sticks and prayer beads and shrines and shawls and paintings and jewelry and dolls and holy books and bread, even bread, making bread as a meditation. I mean, there's just so many different ideas in here. I was getting really excited. I want to, I want to try most of them. Maybe not all of them. Maybe not the bread. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a cook myself either. <laughs> but, but I'd that like was somebody a... to do that and I could partake in the bread. But yeah, that doesn't – but so many of them called to me. So many were um, sparking my, my creative inspiration, if you will. Mm, I'm so glad. That's, the, that's my hope for the book is that it will, um, yes. is that it will give you uh, ideas for things you'd like to explore. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, yes, it really did. And I know if, if our listeners are going to pick up a copy, it will for them as well. There's something in here that's going to um, spark your interest and intrigue you. So you have uh, your first chapter is called Crafting for Calm. And, again, that includes creating anointing oils or doing anointing oils, a biblical garden, spiritual wisdom wall hangings, bath salts, or meditation fountains. I had no – I had never – it thought of that it didn't occur to me that we can make our own fountain it's not that complex I'm like I love that idea so much um Maggie what's one of your favorite ways to create um something that that calms you you know uh one of the the practices that I keep returning to um it's not in that particular section although it is in the book uh, but I, I find myself always returning to prayer beads. I, I really love making prayer beads. And, in fact, I co-wrote a book called um, A String and a Prayer, How to Make and Use Personal Prayer Beads. And that's just one that always is meaningful to me. So, you know, recently I, I was telling you, Tammy, I was just ordained as a unity minister, uh, having been ordained as an interfaith minister four years ago. Uh, but then working very hard to to become a unity minister. And so I did something for my ordination that was deeply meaningful for me. When I was ordained as an interfaith minister, I made a long prayer bead shawl, meaning that the, the prayer bead piece doesn't close. It hangs, you know, around your neck like a stole. And I used different colors, different representations of different faith traditions and you know, it was it was so meaningful to be able to wear that and to really think about, you know, my intentions for becoming a minister as I made that. And then four years later, uh, you know, just two weeks ago, uh, making one for my unity ordination, and it echoed in size the one I had made before. But this one I made out of only white crystals, um, you know, sort of the rainbow, aurora borealis crystals, silver, lots of angels. And in both of them, there was a little container, a little prayer box that I put my personal vows of ministry into. So that was that was something I did recently that I just um, 
sound very meaningful because literally when you make something, you know, in my case, prayer beads, but it could be anything, it could be bread, you know, when you are conscious of the intention that you're holding for either making it or wearing it or, you know, what it represents to you, it it's really quite an extraordinary experience. So, um so that's one of my personal favorites is, is prayer beads. Yeah, I, I was looking through some of the images in that book, and they really are quite beautiful. It's not just stringing beads on something. There's knots, and there's just so many different things you can do. Gosh, that image sounds so beautiful. I want you to post a picture of it on Facebook or something. It sounds stunning. <laughs> yeah, I should do that, actually. Thanks for the idea. because I want to see it. I can see it in my mind's eye. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it sounds so beautiful. Oh, I want to see. I want to see. I will do that. So um, your book has a lot of chapters about crafting for different purposes, for clarity, for comfort, for contemplation, for creation, for community, for connection with yourself, for others, or spirit. Now, are there differences um, besides intentions, or what would you say about that, your different chapters? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, too. And I, you know, basically it was just a way to somewhat structure the book so that people could have a bit of a sense of where they might want to go if they wanted to just sort of flip through it and not read it as a, you know, from page one to the to the end page. So I did create those sections that you just mentioned, but really all of the prayer practices could be adapted for any one of those particular um, you know, uses or or states of being. Uh, just as I brought up prayer beads, which isn't in the in the crafting for calm section, but I certainly find calm when I'm making them. So that's kind of a, a long way of saying that really all of these all of these crafts could, depending on how you use them, I mean, definitely connect you with spirit. They might connect you with others if you make them for uh, other people, or if you make them in community. You know, there's certainly uh, a comfort that can be involved uh, in in all of them. So I think they do kind of cross lines. They're not so rigidly categorized, but I, I did use that as a starting point. So if somebody, say, is wrestling with a question about where to go in their life and they feel like they need more clarity, you know, I did list some in that section that might be a little bit more helpful for getting answers to your questions than maybe other ones would. Yes. Yeah, I get that. I love that. So I love your thoughts and and your suggestions. Like we can create something to heal our community. Or if somebody's sick, we can create something with that intention of healing for an individual or for a community. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I really love that. And I, one of the people I interviewed for the book, and I should just uh, mention for readers who haven't seen it, that, you know, it's not just my personal stories. I also interviewed a lot of people, uh, men and women, who share their stories and their uh, spiritual practices using their creativity. And one of the people I interviewed uh, is a Native American, you know, wisdom teacher. And he told this really wonderful story of how he made uh, a prayer arrow uh, that wasn't in sight. It wasn't anything that was seen in his classroom because he made it to, you know, create an atmosphere of peace in his classroom. Uh, 
uh, but it was there. It was holding that intention. And so, yeah, again, that word always rises to the surface, that if you create something with a particular intention, uh, it really can be more powerful than we might imagine. And certainly, if we create something for, uh, you know, to represent a community or to give as a gift to the community, it can be a very powerful and and beloved thing. So, yeah, there are ways to there are ways to involve others in our crafting and our and our spiritual practice as well. Mm, yes, I, I love that so much. I'm a mandala facilitator, and one of my mm. students was telling me about how a friend of hers was really struggling with addiction, and she created a mandala for him. Didn't tell him just painted it for him and then put it in the mail. And before he received it, he called her and said, you know, I'm really struggling with my addiction. I'm going to check myself into rehab. And she was like, ooh, that's really interesting. Very <laughs> so interesting. It, it really can, th- this creativity and the intention, I really think, has so much more power than we can even comprehend. Yeah, I totally believe that. It's so cool. So, Reverend Maggie, if people are really interested in this subject and want to get a hold of you, want to get a copy of your book, how can they do that? Well, uh, there are a couple ways you can get a hold of me. And one I want to specifically mention, and that is that I've created a community on Facebook. And I'd love to, you know, make it more active. I've got uh, quite a number of people who've sort of joined the page. But what I'm trying to do is create community using Facebook of people who are interested in the subject so we can share ideas with each other, we can um, learn from each other. And so if you're on Facebook, just do a search for Crafting as a Spiritual Practice, and my group page should uh, pop up, and then you can can join, and we can continue the conversation. I'm also on Pinterest. I love Pinterest, so people can uh, look me up on, on that. I'm on Twitter. I don't tweet often, but that's another way to get hold of me. And then, of course, my website, which uh, is my name, Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, Oman, O-M-A-N, Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N.com. A lot of ways to get a hold of you. I love that. Love Facebook. I just liked you today. Excellent. So, yeah, I, I love what you're trying to do with that. I, I love the community called Facebook. I mean, it, it, it's been really fun for me to connect with other people that want to up-level in their consciousness. So yeah. I'm really enjoying connecting with you, and I'm going to be part of your community. Fantastic. Excellent. <laughs> Fantastic. So we just have a couple minutes left, Reverend Maggie. Uh, is there any final words of wisdom, anything you'd like to add as any final thought before we go about our day? Well, you did such a beautiful job of, you know, sort of setting up the most important thing at the at the very beginning, and that is um, just that encouragement, just that that piece of, um, you know, underscoring the message that you are creative. It doesn't matter what somebody told you a long time ago. Um, you know, everybody is creative, and just let yourself. Play, let yourself explore and see what happens because it's really important in this world when so much work needs to be done. It's really important that we all empower ourselves, you know, to fully express our innate creativity and wisdom. The world needs each one of us. And so 
that's what I would say is that this isn't, you know, at the heart of it, this is not a frivolous thing. It's not a self-serving thing. It's a way of empowering each person to see themselves as being innately creative and wise and bring their gifts and talents forward to a world that desperately needs them. Mm, what a beautiful message and, and so true. You know, I think we're all a really important piece of the puzzle here and we need to find our authentic shape and, and hopefully enjoy our authentic shape and, and have fun with it, you know, lighten up. Uh, I remember being in kindergarten and loving creativity so much before I was told maybe I wasn't good at this or that. And I think all of us have that inside of us somewhere. So just to have fun with it, lighten up, enjoy the journey. And it is, it's more important than we could possibly know. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That pretty much sums it up. Well, Maggie Oman Shannon, you have been such a pleasure to connect with today, and I'm just so honored you were able to take time out of your schedule. Oh, it's completely my pleasure, Tammy. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have you back, too, so I'm really excited about having you back on and talking about prayer. I think that's going to be a fantastic subject to talk Wonderful. to you about. I will look forward so- to that. Yes, me as well. And to my listeners, thank you so, so much for connecting with us here on Empower Radio. Our intention really is to offer information, tools, techniques, uh, support, uh, you know, wisdom, just to have a conversation to empower you, uplift you, and help you live better, more fulfilling, more prosperous, and empowered lives. And if you want to get a hold of me, I would love that. You can find me on my website, Tammy B. Ph.D. Dot com that's spelled with an I T A M M I B P H D dot com, Facebook, Twitter, email me Tammy B P H D at gmail dot com. This really is about connection because I don't think we can do this alone because really we're all one. Take care, God bless, onward and upward. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.